Hashtag Trump colluded is trending. Whoa, guys, we're going to talk about Russia. <laughs> you will love politics. Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast about how to be a grown-up gamer and still go to work and get sleep. With your hosts, Cody Goff, Hello, hell. and Jonathan Martin. You're going to be my meat in my Jonathan sandwich. Check out our website at gamelifebalance.us, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and more. I'm Amos, host of Undaunted, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in three... Two, one. This is my first recording that we'll be doing since I got gigabyte internet from RCN in Chicago. What does that mean, gigabyte internet? Does that mean like a gigabyte download? No space? idea. Or, okay, it's just it's a cool like buzz phrase. For you to say, hey, I've got gigabyte internet. No, you know, you know that it is the number of bytes that you're able to download is different than the actual speed. Have you heard about this? Yeah, only when I listened to a group of people try to explain it, none of it made any sense to me. Yeah, right. So, like, it doesn't mean that you can download a gigabyte of data per minute or second or whatever it's supposed to be. But it means that the the bandwidth is up to one gigabyte, which I don't I don't know the difference. We don't know. Let's just pretend we're our old podcast, unqualified gamers, because we're not qualified to talk about this. Hashtag net neutrality, right? But I do have gigabyte internet, and it is much faster than so. So when you go in, let's say you want to download a Steam game, or when you go to speed check on Ookla, say you do Ookla's speed yeah. check. Uh, what do you what do you see? Like on your download speed, internet, what you see on your upload If speed. I ran an internet uh, speed test by Ookla right now. Do the Ookla speed test, I can, yeah. I mean, I can what do it. Show? Well, we're, we're, we're on Google Hangouts, so that's probably going to affect it, but... Sure. Because um, I, I don't have gigabyte internet, and my internet, I can get download speeds up to 55 or 60 megabytes per second with what I have through Comcast. Okay. Which is very fast. Yeah. I certainly fast. would not complain about those speeds um yeah i'm still uh, i'm still running the test but I'm, I'm also on a portal wi-fi router which you can find a affiliate link actually to purchase one of those in the description this is a, a really kind of a dumb way to start this episode with me running an internet speed test we're going to talk about video games today specifically by, by Ookla. i tell you what i what i really wanted to lead the show with and ask you about so i've i've followed you on twitter for a long time basically since twitter was invented mm-hmm. and you you've gone through twitter phases of things that you are that you generally tweet um and retweet and like and over the past couple of weeks i've been meaning to ask you how because your twitter habits have changed slightly Uh and i'm seeing a lot of retweets of like high school kids or of things that seem completely irrelevant to anyone and so i'm wondering where you're finding your current tweets that you are retweeting. Wait, are you seriously? Yeah. Are there No, there's 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 tweets, there's tweets that are retweeting on your account that are just like random people that I I'm pretty sure you don't know them. Really? I yeah. I don't and yeah, kind of kind of all over the place. Uh and and kind of over the course of the day. So, I was just curious as to or that you were liking of like a variety of of subjects that don't oftentimes they don't make any sense to me. Oh, it's showing you what so, I'm liking. Yes, it's showing you it's showing me that too. So, right. So, like, wh- what are those coming? Yeah, from? those those like, are automated. Are these... Those that's a robot doing that for me. That is the least interesting answer you could have given. Yeah, me. sorry, no. The least interesting. I wanted you to be combing the depths of Twitter for like the grossest, weirdest stuff you could find. And then be liking like a, a a higher level post to get people to dig deep into that stuff. That's what I was really hoping the story was going to be. So you really, you've kind of popped popped the bubble of of what I had in my head as to what was going on there. Thanks a lot. We've got Wolfen Films in the chat on YouTube. Cody, why can't you get control of your hair like your co-hosts? He's got his hair and goatee game on point. 
That is not a goatee. That is a thanks, Wolfen. You look like a Canadian, and if that, I mean that in the best way possible. I mean, I I live about as close to Canada as you can get, so I'm gonna take that as a compliment. Right? Yeah. No, nothing exciting on Twitter from me. Just exciting video game reviews that we're gonna be doing today. As I seamlessly transition, did you see my tweet? Oh, of course you did, because I tagged you about seamless transitions. That was literally a tweet that I tweeted to you. Yeah, do you remember it that was tweet? Liter- I do. Believe it or not, I remember the tweet that I sent that to you. That you tweeted yes, at me. Yeah, good memory. I did. Good memory. Yep, I know. Isn't that crazy? It sure is. Sure the hell is, is wrong with you? By the way, my Ookla speed test came back with, granted, while I'm streaming, a yep. Google Hangout download 50 megabytes a second, upload 20.8 megabytes a second. Yeah, that's so. very fast. But about the same as you, it sounds like, so... I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, is you do a lot more. In fact, your living happens on the internet, so it makes a lot of sense for you to have that. Yeah, I don't know. That type of I speed. don't know, maybe. Well, today we're going to talk about Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island as John and I continue reviewing SNES classic games. And do you do you remember what the first thing I said to you when we rolled this as our game was? You said you were so excited for this game, and then something about a flashlight. That's all I remember. And then, a- and then after the flashlight part, um, you said, "I said, I said that this may be the best game that we play on this entire." What system. is wrong with you? Do you not remember me saying that? I don't remember you saying that specifically. Okay. I definitely did say that. So now, now, what's the what's the logical next question? Now that we're actually doing the episode, is this the best game we've played on the SNES Classic to date by far? And yes, I still think it's going to end up being the best game that we play on the SNES Classic. I think to date, yes, but I think I think it, when I when I when I look at this work as a whole and we are done with this project, I can see myself saying Yoshi's Island was the best game we played. I can also say that it may not be the most fun that I have with this system. Very interesting, but I think I think this may be this. This could be the best platformer that was ever made. What? Yeah. Yeah, we can we'll get into it. All right, and But this this could be the best platformer that was ever well, made. This will be an interesting discussion. Wolf and Films in the chat says Yoshi's Island, I hear I better hear good things. That game is perfect in every way. So you've got a somebody on your side. Yeah. I wanted to kind of set the tone or set the frame the discussion this week a little differently than in past weeks. Before, it's kind of been, here's the SNES classic game we're reviewing this week, and that was kind of it. But we're Game Life Balance, and the whole point of our podcast and our brand is to kind of talk about how to fit games into your adult life. And we're doing this SNES classic retrospective as a way to kind of look at, can we still enjoy those games that we used to enjoy in the same way and and things like that? So I think, for me, the, the big question that jumped out to me with Yoshi's Island was can I enjoy this game the way that I enjoyed it when I was a kid? And to me, the the question that this game rose for me is when does optional content determine how fun a game is? Because for me, the experience was very much not very fun. I felt like I just kind of had to play the game to review on this podcast And I felt like if I had time to get a 100% of all of the items in every level and do 100% completion, thus unlocking the secret stages, thus unlocking all of the bonus content, then I would have loved this game. But I think in a pinch, when I had just a couple weeks to complete this game, I was unable to do that. Because I don't think that as a platformer barreling through it was the best way to play it and i feel like there are games where it's easy to 100 percent a game it's easy to be a completionist you just in Mega Man 5 you just grab eight little icons one in each level and you're good i to mean go. the the idea is easy the execution of being a completionist that can be difficult i don't but like the idea the idea is is i think generally easy yeah oh yeah yeah no i can, I can easily conceive of getting 100 percent of things in this game but the way it's structured is each it's it's kind of a sandboxy game kind of a sandboxy platformer the levels are 
Dilemmas are huge. They are enormous. Very big, quite intricate. They're awesome. And there's a lot to yeah. explore. I mean, you can play the same stage four or five or six times and still not get everything because you don't know where everything is. And I think, for me, that set the bar at completionism too high, and that made it difficult for me to enjoy this game. Uh, but that's kind of getting in the weeds. I'm going to let you kind of talk generally about the game and yeah. why you think it's perfect. So when we first when we first started the game... Uh, like I said, I was very excited to play it. I set some ground rules for myself because I have I don't remember actually if I owned this game, but I definitely played it a lot when I was a kid. I think it may have been one of those things where I rented it like a bunch of times uh, from the same the same movie place. And so I know I had a, a save that I had played on for a very long time. So I had a lot of experience with this game as a kid. And so I, I remembered the structure. I remembered how the optional content worked. Um, and I remembered how, like, you know, getting 100% on levels and everything like that worked. So when we, when I sat down with it, when when I first started playing it, I said to myself, okay, I remember there being quite a bit of challenge to this game. And so I think I'm going to set up some ground rules for myself. Because as my style and habits of playing video games is very much a completionist attitude, I have a very tough time leaving things when I know that they are there. especially Especially when... I know they are there and it, it comes down to my own execution. Same here. So it's not it's not even so much of like, I don't know that this thing is here and I need to explore for it. It's like I see the sun that I can get and I just have I cannot make like make this jump work or I can't make this egg shot work, etc. So anyway, I knew how all of that stuff worked and I said, here's how I'm gonna play this game. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna play each level until I complete the level. I'm going to try my hardest on that single completion to get a hundred percent. If I don't, I'm just going to move on to the next level and not be upset about it. So I'm going to basically, basically my attitude was I'm going to get the highest score that I possibly can on my one completion through the level on each stage. I'm going to do that on each stage. And I'm going to do that until I complete the game. And some levels I would die 10 to 15 times because I would be trying to get every red coin. I would be trying to get every, every sun flower every time but that was how i decided to play the game and then there were some levels where i would get to the end of the level and i'd have 75 or 80 points so i was obviously quite far off and i would just say well this is like i want to continue playing this game i'm still having fun playing this game i'm just going to continue on like this i didn't 100 percent any world at all i 100 percented plenty of stages probably about 20 percent of them total but i did not 100% any world, so I did not see any of the optional stages. And I don't even remember the optional stages from when I was younger. Yeah. So I don't know if they left an impression on me, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I had seen them before. So playing the game like that and f- kind of forcing myself not to go back and, and try to be a completionist made the game flow really well. It made the worlds feel very cohesive. You kind of understood... Like, f- me as the player, I understood that each world was kind of telling a, a story by itself, there was a there was a lot of the similar theme to each of the worlds, and then it would be done, and I would move on to the next thing. And I'd get to see the the best part about playing it this way was that I would get to see all of the crazy ideas that went into this game because there's all of these one off ideas that happen one, two, or th- like three times sometimes in the game and never happen again. And it like seeing them through as kind of the designers meant for it to be just kind of one after the other made me appreciate the game and the design of the game all that much more. So you are wondering, you're wondering why I think this is the best platform ever made. No, I'm not actually. I, okay. I don't think I'm wondering that. And I don't think I would argue that. And let, so let's, um let's, so we've talked about our completionist tendencies. Let's sidebar for just a second and talk about why it's the best platformer perhaps ever made. Um Yeah. I mean, what isn't like? I mean, the game the gameplay is tight. For me, it is the possible. It's it's a combination between all of the different ideas that are in the game that may that the the designers maybe only put in a single time and then you don't see them again. Like the skiing level, you never ski again. But Yoshi Yoshi is a skier in one of the levels, yeah, right? Yeah. And I know you didn't like that level, but like that's just such a random weird idea. And it makes Yoshi move in a way that is completely different than any other game or any other level in the game. So it's a combination of that plus the possibilities around the movement. There are so many things that you can do in this game that you don't have to do, that you don't, you don't have to have any command of to complete the game. 
but that make the the movement and the preciseness of that movement and what you can do to get through the levels it they can it just explodes in terms of what you can do with yoshi so for instance did you know that if you jump on an enemy you don't jump on a lot of enemies in this game because you're yoshi you eat everything right Right. but if you jump on an enemy that can be jumped on and then hold down the jump button so that you would do yoshi's float you float much higher than a standard jump yeah you can do that it doesn't tell you that anywhere you just kind of have to explore and figure that out. But that allows you to to break the game in a variety of ways to reach platforms that you shouldn't be able to reach without doing other stuff. Yeah. There's there's stuff there's stuff with egg firing where you're doing that where you're doing that in the middle of jumps to get to get like a row of coins or to get a sun that is so crazy. There's egg ricochet techniques that are out there that are that are nuts. I mean, there's so much that you can do that the game, the and the game doesn't intend for you to do it that way. Most of the time it intends for you to get up somewhere and like have Yoshi, you know, walk into whatever sun or flower that you're, that you're finding. But you can, you can find crazy ways to jump and shoot eggs all over the place in this game to collect everything, which is crazy fun when you do it. And, I think the best testament to all of that is you just need to look up a Yoshi's Island 100% speedrun and you can see just what kind of movement is possible in this game and just what kind of crazy techniques there are that you have no idea exist within the game. But we should find one of those and maybe link it in the show notes or something because it is incredible. And it actually is the thing that made me the most excited about playing this game again was a couple of years ago in, in either AGDQ or Summer Games Done Quick, there was a Yoshi's Island 100% speedrun, and it was one of my favorite speedruns ever. Wow. Because of the guy that ran it. I mean, it was just nuts. It was just nuts watching him play the game. I want to watch that. It's really cool. So it's it, it's those things together. I mean, it's, there's an obvious attention to detail that the designers had when they made this game. There's a, li- there's a little history about this game that we don't really need to get into the minutia of because that's kind of not what we're about. But this game had all of the biggest stars that Nintendo had at the time before they all broke off to do their own teams for their own games. So it had like the... So like the people that, you know, the the head designer that ended up going on to make like Met- the Metroid Prime games, he was on this game. The it, it just, it, you know, it had Miyamoto on there. It had... Um, it had uh, uh, now I okay now I'm blanking. It doesn't matter. It had but it, but if you look at it, it had like the all stars of yeah. Nintendo, um, and they were all on this game together, and all of their ideas were put into this game. And it's just it's obvious when you see the variety of ideas that exist within the game. Yeah. So that is why I think also it plays phenomenally well, and it plays in a way that is very different from any Mario game because. M- m- well, because you're not well, Mario. But most platformers in general, Mario, Mega Man, Metro—I mean, any any platformer you can think of—they are punishing in a way that if you miss a jump, you miss a jump, and the kicking dynamic of in this game, if you miss a jump and you hit jump again or hold it or whatever, you kind of kick your little legs in the air and do a little spin kind of thing. It makes it so that the precision in that sense isn't is punishing if you get it wrong but the game punishes you in different ways so if you miss i mean you only get six eggs to shoot at a time you could only have uh six in your stock basically of ammo right so if you miss six times then maybe you're not going to get a red coin or you're not going to get a flower which means you're not going to get 100 percent and and things like that so it it shifts where the difficulty lies quite a bit um and and just kind of reframes where the precision is necessary, which I find interesting. So a couple of things about the mechanics about this game that if if you've never played this game, you need to know about. You are Yoshi. You're carrying a baby Mario on your back. If you get hit by an enemy, Mario flies away in a bubble and a timer starts counting down. And if the timer ever hits zero, it starts at 10 seconds. If the timer ever hits zero, baby Mario is carried away and you lose a life. It gives you those 10 seconds to go free baby Mario by either hitting him with your body, hitting him with your tongue. If you hit him with an egg, he drops down and gets really close to you. Basically, it makes it so that it it gives you a period of time that you 
you would otherwise die in another yeah. platformer. And then and then that time limit when you pick Baby Mario back up counts back up to 10. You can extend that time limit by gathering stars throughout the level. You can go up to 30. So it's also forgiving in that way in that it allows you to be hit multiple times and not and not have a fail state in the game provided you're fast and forgetting Mario back. But what that also allows them to do is make the levels much more cluttered's not the word I'm looking for because that has a negative connotation. Busy. A lot of the levels are really busy with enemies, and it takes a lot of finesse to avoid getting mm-hmm. hit. Because the penalty for getting hit is, well, you're gonna lose Mario for a while, you're gonna have to go get him. But it allows them to make the levels harder that way by just giving you more stuff to avoid then at that point. Which is which I I like. I like I liked that a lot. I like that I didn't die immediately. Yeah. I think that's a I think that's a great mechanic. As annoying as the sound of Mario crying yeah. is, because I, it 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 is pretty annoying. Uh, so so that's that's great. Um, and we talked, we start we kind of started this conversation talking about a hundred percenting the levels. So the levels, the score at the end of each level, there are six worlds and eight levels, so forty eight levels total. The score is a combination of the number of seconds that you have left on your timer for Baby Mario. The number of red coins that you find, which are just randomly placed throughout the level. Generally, you can tell a coin is going to be a red coin because it's a lot of times in a harder to get place than the other coins. But you don't know it's red until after you get it. Otherwise, it looks like a regular yellow gold coin. Right, right. So the red coins just look like normal coins, except that they make a different sound and show you that they're a red coin when you pick them up. And then there are five stars. Flowers. Suns. Daisies. That, daffodils. Are they flowers? Daisies. Sunflowers. There's, there's five flowers. There's five flowers in each level, and those are each worth 10 points as well. You can get 30 You can get thirty seconds of time. You can get 20 red coins. You can get five flowers. Altogether, that makes a score of 100 at the end of the level. If you get 100 on every level of a world, you unlock a secret two level. Two bonus or two secret levels. levels. I'm not sure. Sh- you unlock two bonus levels that you can then play play after that. So there is a, this is one of Nintendo's, I think, first successful forays into optional difficulty in their games. They later perfected this in games like Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Galaxy, where there would be end game stars that you didn't need to get to complete the game. You could, you could complete the game, you could beat Bowser without getting these like later stars but if you wanted to these really difficult stars were they were going to put those in the game too just as like an added challenge for those players that wanted to get more out of the game so that is exactly what these levels are in yoshi's island there are levels that are quite challenging if you're not trying to get a hundred percent on them in this game but but that hundred percent challenge and the way that they implement that in the game makes some of these levels really difficult and a a real challenge to your ability to play this game. You really have to use all of the different mechanics of of Yoshi, and you have to be very good at avoiding getting hit to get 100% on yeah, these levels. and that therein lies my, my problem with being able to enjoy this game. I agree with everything you said, and we didn't even talk about the art style, which is a playful... Yeah, we, we'll talk about yeah, that. Crayon-like art after. style. Also, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Really catchy tunes yep. that were even stuck in Casey's head that she was like, oh, I've got that song stuck on my head now. But it's such a well-crafted game. It is really, really well done and really well balanced. But I can't enjoy it as an adult with a limited amount of time. If this were my project game and I was going to sit down for the next couple months and chip away at the levels here and there then awesome. And in fact, I may do that. Like, if I'm picking up my SNES Classic and I know I've got 20 minutes to kill or something, I might bust out Yoshi's Island and try it 100% a level. But because of what you said, finding the 20 red coins hidden among the rest of the gold coins in the stage means that you have to explore the entire stage. And as we've mentioned, stages are gigantic in this game. There are two checkpoints. There's not just one halfway point like in most Mario platformers and side-scrollers. There's two checkpoints. And you you may take a path that doesn't even have you see the checkpoint. There were plenty of times where I took, like, the, the path at the top of the level... That completely bypassed the yeah. first checkpoint. I didn't even realize it. And then I would I would get to the second checkpoint. Or I would die and lose 10 minutes of progress in the level right. of me exploring. So they're expansive levels that 
you need to take time to explore. It's it's often not just an instance of go up or down at this fork. Sometimes you're in a maze and you just there's lots of different ways you can go. And then the second way to or the second requirement to 100% in these levels is precision. Because again, if you get hit, I could get every secret in one of the dungeons, but when I get to the boss, if he hits me once and Mario is in that bubble for one second, and that takes it away, that takes me down to 29 seconds on my little timer, then I'm only going to get a 99 on the level. So you have to be really, really precise with your playing as well. And because the game demands those two things, which take time and practice, and that's not a thing that I necessarily have... It, well, if we're playing a game every two weeks, no, 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 no not exactly. Have the time to um, right. So I recommend this game to people that want to spend the time investment getting all those things and this granted this is only if you have a personality like me or john we love the 100 percent thing i hated ending levels and seeing that i only got 80 or 90 or 50 or whatever it was i like that drove me crazy i don't know about you if there were some levels in the last two worlds that i think i ended with 35 or 40 i mean it was just it was nothing it was no that sounds about right i mean because there's there's some stuff where it's just like what am i even doing there was a there was there was a level where I didn't get a single flower. I mean, I, wow. I literally didn't get a single flower. So yeah. So my TLDR is: if you've got a personality like mine and John, and you really want to get all the content, unlock everything, just know it's going to be a time investment, and you're probably not going to be able to do it really quickly on the first try. I think it'll be a lot easier if you're playing Mario 64 to get all 120 stars or Mario Galaxy to get all the star bits or whatever you get in that game, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't mean it's a bad game, but I'm just saying the audience for it has shifted over time. When I was, dude, when I was a kid, I like you just mentioned, you don't think you owned it. I, I did, did not own it at any point, but I know I rented it or borrowed it or whatever. If I had been growing up with this game, that would have been awesome because I would have so much right. time to just explore and, figure out what's going on you know games like mario world yeah there's different ways to beat the level but there's not these things you're collecting and they're not there's not the, this precision this is a game that that really benefits from replaying it and replaying it and uh and yeah and wolfen in the chat points out just hitting flowers and coins with eggs saves you a ton of time and sanity which is totally true and that that adds more to right. it i mean you can beat this game you can get these items 18 different ways by shooting it or by doing a little kick thing or by eating a shy guy and spitting it out at it. I mean, there, there are so many different ways to play the game and that lets you be really creative and that's really, really cool. So I just think it's a phenomenal game and you've got a lot of time to invest in it. And it's a great game to pick up here and there. But if you're like, oh, I want to play a game and I want to 100% it and just kind of nail it, then like, dude, go play Mega Man X or something else because you're going you're gonna to get frustrated when you don't finish a level with 100, and you're rarely going to get 100 on your first go. It still existed in a time where video games weren't afraid to, to make you repeat the same content over and over again. Video, video games now, just video game design has, has shifted, and in like a single-player game like this... It's it's kind of a faux pas now to make players repeat the same levels over and over again. But back then, it was it was almost encouraged with the game, and Nintendo encouraged it with this game because I I would argue you you almost can't one hundred percent I would say maybe eighty percent of the levels on your first try through a level. Yeah, like you just can't because you don't know where everything is. The likelihood of you losing some seconds by getting hit is is incredibly high if you don't know the level. Also, there are red coins and there are flowers that you cannot go back for. So if you miss them on the first time that you have the ability to get them in the level, you have to restart the level to get to try to get them again. So the game encourages you to continue to go back over and over again to try to perfect these levels. And you have to understand that going into it. Like if you're not if you if you need to 100% something, if you need to complete to be a completionist with something and that doesn't sound appealing to you, like don't sign up for this game, right? Like repeating the same content re- over and over again because you're going to have to if you want 100% this yeah. game. And again, even if you cut out, it's it's two-pronged. Even if you cut out the exploration element, even if you read a strategy guide and or watch a video and you know where everything is, you still have to execute on it perfectly. 
Because if you don't, then right. you're not going to get it. So, uh, so yeah. So I, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about the game. It's, it's like a shame that the way it's structured isn't conducive with a completionist mindset that really wants to just get it done. Because that that made it really hard for me to really enjoy and dig into over the last two weeks. But that said, I will return to this game. I'm not when I've got 20 minutes. I'm not going to turn on my SNES Classic and throw on Castlevania and play it for a few levels, or Contra, for God's sake, or probably even Star Fox 2, because that's... <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever right. start up Contra so, again, So, like, Star actually. Fox 2, even, that's like a 45-minute run, so that's a little longer. But this game, you know what you're getting? You're getting a solid platformer. You can pop it on. You can play any level as long as you want. It automatically saves, and it's seamless, and it'll be really fun even if you don't get everything. And over time, maybe three years from now, I will have gotten everything. Or maybe there will be a Saturday where I just want to binge World 2 and get 100% on every stage in World 2 and play it for nine hours. And there you go. So it's very versatile. Couple, couple of other things that uh, we, we definitely need to hit on before we stop talking about this game. You mentioned the art style. I think we need to spend just a minute on it because it is incredibly unique at the time. So... Remember the way that games looked back in the Super Nintendo era? A lot of them were the best-looking games. Generally, had these big, beautiful sprites. That was that was kind of how how they were the best. The, that's the best-looking games, generally, I think, and I think that's a pretty agreed upon. Games like Secret of Mana um, just had great sprites, great sprite work. This game used the FX chip, and it had this hand-drawn animation quality to it, where stuff stuff kind of moved a little bit as it as it animated a little like uh like dr cats only quick, much less quick dramatic uh, than that, quick correction that it show. used the super fx2 chip i'm sorry yes this the will come up in trivia that. questions yes. later well good maybe I'll you get probably it right won't um yeah you're, you're probably right about that yeah so it so it but but um it had this kind of hand-drawn art style that had kind of like a squiggly-ish look to it, but it just looks amazing. It really does. And it leads into what it allowed them to do with the bosses, which I think are one of the highlights yeah, of the entire agree. game. agree. So, so Kamek, or Magikoopa, for every boss, he comes and he he'll take a regular enemy that you've fought in the game before, and he'll blow it up with his magic powers to like this giant version of itself. And you have to find a way to fight it. And the boss fights are so unique in how you handle them. They are seriously awesome. They are so cool. And they even they even subvert that in one of the dungeons in the game. Because rather than blow up the thing, you like a, you get a frog that comes out on the screen. And you think, oh, Kamek's going to come and make the frog giant. I'm going to have to fight a giant frog. Instead, he shrinks you down as Yoshi and you get swallowed by the frog and you have to you have to kill the frog from the inside. And it is just it is so cool. And there there are so many interesting, unique bosses in this game with the way that they blow them up. I loved them. I was it was probably no, the boss fights are phenomenal. And Wolfen in the chat says they are so what, good. What was the last thing I missed the last thing you said? Something. I said oh. they are just so yes. good. Uh, and Wolfen in the chat said, shout out to my man Raphael the Raven. And I do have to mention the Raven fight because that is a precursor to Super Mario Galaxy, which is yeah, it's true. like three console generations later or two. It, it's, it's, that happened, yeah, way later. Mario Galaxy was the Wii, right? Yeah, the Wii. So yeah, this On is a Wii, Super yeah. Nintendo game that is messing with gravity because you run around a circular planet and you have to stomp on a stake that pushes through and hits the raven. That's what you do in Mario Galaxy, literally. So way right. ahead of its time in that in that mechanic. And it's a fun battle. It's very memorable. The, all the boss fights, like you said, are, are awesome. They really are. My, I think my personal favorite was the there's a slime that takes up the entire screen and starts moving slowly towards you. And you have to shoot eggs into its stomach, and the eggs don't break or anything because it's a slime. So if you don't like, it'll it'll create an indentation in the slime's body, and you have to hit it in the yep. heart. Do you remember that boss? 
And when the eggs bounce off the thing, they don't break. And I think that is such that's such like a crazy attention to detail that is just amazing. Like, it, and there's I that kind of stuff that boss everywhere. Going into playing this game, even though I only played Yoshi's Island once when I was little, at some point, like I, I vividly remember that boss, the slime. I remember the raven. I mean, there's some really memorable, good stuff, like cinematic elements in this Super Nintendo game drawn like a cartoon, like with crayon, where you play as Yoshis. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's, uh, yeah. I, I don't have much more to say about it. Um, I could continue to gush about it, certainly, for the next for the next hour, because I really did like it a lot. But I, it need, if, if you have, if you got an SNES Classic, you you need to try this one because I really think that it is, and I, I will stand by this. I, I really feel like I'm going to be able to stand by this at the end of this project. I think this is the best game on this console. We'll see what happens when Secret of Mana comes around. Earthbound, Earthbound is the I think the only thing that could possibly. Well, we'll see. I haven't started that yet. At one, my other one question, I guess the final thing is when does a this is the title of this episode is when does optional content determine a game's fun factor? And I I wonder about. Certain games, there are certain games that I, as a, I guess for our personality type, let's say for us as guys who grew up in the 16-bit era and used to be able to do 100% of everything, there's some games that to me are just really easy and you can blow through unless you want 100% everything. Kirby's Epic Yarn is a great example of this for the Nintendo Wii. You probably never played that. Kirby's Epic Yarn, you can't die. You literally can't die. Um, So in that since there's no difficulty but 100%ing every level is very accessible and attainable and you could do you could 100% most levels on the first try but once in a while you'd have to go back and I, to me that was that was great because to me it was the fun factor came from being able to 100% it so the optional content was at that that correct level what's frustrating to me is when the optional content just feels just out of reach and then I can't ignore it but it's just, like, this game, the bar is set just a little bit too high for me to get. And then there's other games where the other extreme is, like, Batman Arkham Asylum, where there's 800 Riddle, Riddler trophies or whatever. Like, no one's going to get that. That's dumb. No one cares. All right? The, and the game is balanced with... And the, and the, and the reward is right, not Right, exactly. Great and the, the game is balanced with the right, right difficulty to where you're able to enjoy just the main game. And I, I do think Yoshi's Island does a good job with the overall difficulty because part of me thought, you know what? If I'm not getting 100%, I'm just going to be able to plow through these levels. But there are hard levels. Yeah, and you don't just plow through the levels at all. There are, there are levels in Worlds 5 and 6 that are really tricky just yeah. to get to the end so of the So this levels. game, I think, does a good job of being just the right difficulty to be enjoyable on its own as a game that is challenging as a platformer but also is above my level in terms of my threshold with how frustrated I get with the fact that I don't have the time or ability to 100% it, but really want to. So I think the, I think the answer to your question for me is it really depends on what kind of game player you are. Because when I, when I personally made the decision on this one to say, hey, I'm not going to go back to any of these levels. I'm just going to kind of plow through them and try to get 100% as I go, but I'm not, I'm not going to worry if I don't. I really enjoyed the game a lot that way. And when I made that conscious decision, it, it took all of that pressure off of me to then see that content but and experience that's those, a, those That's a good way levels. to do it. The way I approached it was I just naturally gravitated towards trying to 100% every level. Like, I'm in the middle of a level. I'm, I know that if I see a little flower, even though I know that's not the way to the end of the level, I'd go grab the flower. And then around World 4, there's six worlds in this game. World 4 or 5, I thought to myself, Cody, you are not 100%ing any of these levels. I hadn't 100%ed any levels in, like, two worlds at least. So why would I, if I see a little flower way out of the way, why would I even go grab that flower when I know I'm not going to 100% it? It's just wasting my time. So I started to just try to plow through the levels and ignore all the secrets. So levels, worlds five and six, I was just like, I just want to get from start to finish. If it's, if it's a jump out of the way, I'll grab a thing, but I'm not going to take these side things. I'm not going to look for keys. I'm not going to do the side stuff. And it just... sure. The, the levels were still challenging, and they were way less rewarding. And it's weird because as a completionist, part of me thinks, 
oh, the intrinsic reward comes from getting that 100%, but I think there is some intrinsic value or self... No, that, yeah. the, there's a lot of really clever way that's, clever ways that stuff are, are hidden in the levels that is enjoyable to find, even if you don't yeah. find everything. Like it's still fun. It's still fun to, to like shoot it in one of the dungeons. You have to shoot an egg at these buckets that flip over, and one of them reveals a flower, or something like that. And it's it's fun for that. That kind yeah. of discovery is fun. If you're getting, I think there's a lot of psychology that goes into how well you can enjoy this game. Is what I am saying. So try it a few different ways. If the hundred, if the not hundred percenting drives you crazy, try it a different way. Try John's way. Try it my way. See, and see what works for you. But there are so many different ways to play it. You can probably find a way to enjoy it a lot, no matter what player you are. Well, we are gaming psychologists, so I think we are the utmost That is not true this. at all. But thank you for playing. Can we also talk about the elephants in the room that it says at the start of the game, Mario and Luigi are twins? Well, I mean, they're, they're brothers. Maybe they're like uh, fraternal it twins. It says they're twins, and my wife would not let this go. She kept asking okay. me, so wait, Mario and Luigi are twins? I didn't know they were twins, and I didn't know what to tell her. It was like a child asking where the babies come from. I didn't know what to say. Like I said, it could be fraternal twins. There were two eggs, and there were, there were two sperm, right, that fertilized. But can I say that on this PG podcast? There were two eggs, and there were two sperm that fertilized those two eggs. And so they're different, they're different genetic makeups, but they were born at the at the same time. Right? They're not identical twins. It's not it's not two zygotes from the same egg. All right. Wolfen in the chat says they said in the movie they were twins. And we all know the movie is canon. Oh, that's true. Wasn't that John Leguizamo and Bob Hoskins? They were Bob twins. Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. They were twins? If you go to gamelifebalance.us, our website and search for Mario Brothers movie, I wrote a review that is very positive because the Mario Brothers movie was not as bad as people remember. Also in the chat, Paul, Paul T2K12, that's really hard to say, asks, do you need an advanced degree to be a gaming psychologist, like a master's degree or a doctoral degree or an MD? There actually is a podcast hosted by some guy with a PhD in some branch of psychology who just talks about video games. I'll try and look it up on my phone, but I subscribe to it. It's kind of good. Yeah, I would, I would say that there... There's a lot of psychology that deals with gambling that you, I don't think you have to travel very far from being a psychologist that, we're talking about this seriously, which I didn't think we would, but there's a lot of psychology that deals with gambling that I don't think you have to travel very far from that, especially with the way that games are made nowadays with loot boxes and things like that, to uh, have something to say about video games as well, if you're some sort of psychologist of gambling, gambling addiction. Yeah. There is a podcast called the uh, Psychology of Video Games podcast. I think that's that might have been the one that I listened to. But I, there, there are a couple psychologists, actually, that are doing podcasts about games. And they're really interesting. Like you talked about the, the gambling system, the way that it triggers things, completionism. And they'll, uh, on different episodes, kind of delve into specific subjects of psychology, which, which I'm always interested in. But I think that what you can expect from John and me is more of a high-level, casual, here's kind of the way we play games, here's kind of probably why we enjoy the way we enjoy it, and here's what you might enjoy if you're like us or if you're not like us. And like we were just saying, I think you can enjoy Yoshi's Island many different ways. I didn't enjoy it this way that I played it, um, but I think I'll enjoy it on a long-term basis. John just enjoyed it in general because he loves it. He likes I like fun. fun. Why would you yeah, do that? I like fun. Are you like ready for things. trivia? I am ready for trivia. Right. I'm, I'm excited. excited anytime we do this. I know a little bit about this game. I do. Do you? Maybe. We'll see. All right. Wait, do I only have two questions for you? I thought I had three. All right. Well, here's one of them. Um, this, is, uh, here, here, this is an interesting one. There were several different morphing transformations planned for Yoshi in this game. So in this game, you can actually turn into a Yoshi helicopter and a Yoshi... There's there's no reason for a mole. There's a there's a helicopter. There's a mole. There's a, a yeah. skier. He turns into skis. Um, you can the baby Mario parts are fantastic. Where baby Mario gets a superstar and he runs along walls. Yeah, 
and the levels are set up super cool to make that work. There's all these really and they're and they're random and they're like there's ten in the game total, like over the course of all forty eight yeah. levels. I mean it's it's extremely innovative. You have, there's lots of variety. It's great. Anyway, there were at least yeah. three other planned Yoshi morph ball transformations for the game. I am not going to ask you specifically for all three, but take three guesses, and I'll give you full credit for the question if you randomly guess at least one of them. So what three other Morph Ball transformations might have been planned? It feels like a cop-out to say Morph Ball, since you've used that No, I'm going to tell you right now that's not it. I'm not? Okay, so I I won't stick with that. Um, Let's say... I've already got... Let's say a submarine. Okay, that's guess number one. Um... Just gotta have something to travel through water. Wait, wasn't there? There was a water transformation in this, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. There in was a one submarine. level. Yeah, you were a submarine. In, so that's there not was a be your submarine guess. in that's one level. Guess. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's totally right. Uh, okay, uh, let's say a cloud. Okay, that's one guess. Uh, let's let's say um, a bird. It doesn't make sense with a helicopter though. But I'm I'm still gonna say bird, um, and a lizard. All right, those are your three guesses. Okay, the other three at least yeah. confirmed kind of for the game and the code and stuff. Uh, actually, you really close with the bird and the cloud. A plane, which was probably scrapped because of the helicopter. If they have a helicopter. A mushroom, yeah. which... Uh, probably an homage in homage The mushroom would Mario, hop, yes, would and a tree, which would have walked. Which which is a boring... That's a boring transformation. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Correct. Okay. All right. Question number two. Um, Yoshi's Island, the cartoonish style was actually because Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator, was rebelling against the design decisions made for another Super Nintendo game and wanted a more dynamic look and feel. What game was he rebelling against? Oh, I totally know the answer to this. And I don't know off the top of my head. It's going to, I'm going to kick myself because everything was getting gritty and and darker and he wanted something like bright and overly cheerful oh what was it i'm gonna say star fox but that's not right it's not right it was on the it is a game on the snes classic mini and his original design plan plans super Metroid. were turned down by nintendo's marketing department for not being enough like donkey kong country Ugh, yes. yes. He was concerned they were more interested in showcasing graphics and hardware power while he was more concerned about making art. And rather than listen to their feedback, Miyamoto doubled down on a cartoon style, and then we ended up what we got, which was... uh, Shockingly enough, he did his own thing, and it was amazing. I know, really weird, right? right? And uh, finally, the last trivia question. Yoshi's Island is is only one of three Super Nintendo games to use the Super FX2 chip. Can you name the other two, either of the other two video games, to use the Super FX2 chip? And I'll give you a hint. Neither are, to my knowledge, Nintendo properties, or at least they're not major Nintendo properties, if they are. Grand Prix, Grand Prix FX. Okay. Uh, or the game had a weird 3D art style. Or an advanced 3D art style you might not expect to find on the Super Nintendo. Ooh, and uh, in the chat, Paul2k12 is asking, Mortal Kombat? No. That is not the answer. Let's let's say Donkey Kong Country Three. <laughs> no, no, good guess though. One is Doom. Oh, right? yeah, that makes sense. God, can you believe they got doomed run on a yeah, Super Nintendo? No. Um, and the other Super FX two chip is called Winter Gold, which don't know. I don't know what that is, but I found. <laughs> I'm sure it's wonderful. I'm sure it's All these trivia great. questions were written about on Screen Rant. Uh, there's a Nintendo trivia article they've got on uh, Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. So thanks, Screen Rant, for that. And uh, listeners for participating in that. So there we are. And, um, and uh, just so you know, we're going to be announcing at the end of this episode... Before, we'll talk life stuff in, in a sec. But at the end of this episode, we will be picking the next game that we're going to review on this podcast. The nominations are Super Metroid, Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart, F-Zero, Donkey Kong Country, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, and Mega Man X. Also, Wolf and Clarifying Star Fox 2 also used the Super FX2 chip, but that didn't really come out. So, also, I'm not... Yeah, yeah I'm assuming he's right because Wolfen knows a lot of video game stuff. So, um, anyway, one of those seven games, we will somehow determine what we're going to review next time. But now we'll do a quick little break for our Life Stuff segment. Um, 
and uh, b- before we get into that 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 little deal, so what's what's up in your life? Hmm, what is up in my life? Hmm. You've been Nothing. playing a lot of Final Fantasy. Nothing again. I have been, and so you'll you'll see about a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, I did the first retrospective review, which was it's just me. It's a solo cast of me talking about an old video game. Not it's going to be an old video game for pretty much the whole history the whole history of me doing it and i've only done final fantasy so far but i if you go back and listen to our our episodes from late last year i have a self-imposed project on myself that i want to play through all the final the mainline final fantasy games in order there were a couple that i had never completed and so i and there's a couple that i want to revisit that i haven't revisited in a long time like eight and nine so I was. I said to myself, I'm going to do it. I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to do this. And I started, I'm going to go 1 to 15, skipping 11 and 14, of course. And I completed one, and I did a podcast on it. And then I started two, and I played two for a long time. And that game almost broke me already of this particular project. But I muscled through, and I completed that. I then, which I had never completed before, I then completed Final Fantasy three, which is by many accounts, the hardest Final Fantasy game, and I just completed that two nights ago. So I have two kind of podcasts in the chamber that I need to do, uh, two more episodes of Retrospective, but I just started Final Fantasy four. only I'm playing Final Fantasy two, the American version, on an SNES emulator that I have not played for a very long time. I have not played the SNES version of Final Fantasy 2 in probably 15 years, maybe wow. longer. I have only played that one that, in, in fact, since 2003, when the new version came out for the DS, I believe that was 2003. I haven't played the old version since then. I've only played the new version. So I'm playing the old version again and seeing just how that holds up, seeing just how less playable it is than the new version of that game. So that's kind of fun to see. Uh, I just got Edward. That's as far All in right. as I am. But that game moves. That game it moves really fast. does. It really does. So I don't anticipate that's going to take me that long. Plus, I know that game backwards and forwards. So I'm not worried about that game taking very long. But it is a super fun project. I'm really glad that I'm doing it. The only thing, the only thing that I'm probably going to do is I'm going to skip six because that's a game that you and I are going to play together for this mm-hmm. project. So I'm going to kind of skip that because I know that I'm going to be playing through that again. Yeah, coming up for here. sure. That makes sense. And we can maybe but work out what... the timing so that once you finish five, we can just maybe do six, depending on how long it takes me to do Earthbound. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's been basically it. Like the, just like I said last time, the winters in Minnesota kind of make you hibernate. Uh, I don't really want to do anything else. So there's been that. There's been a lot of like, watching tv there's been a lot of shows that casey and i've been watching we finished the next we finished the the latest season of black mirror oh how is it good thought it was excellent thought it was excellent yep thought it was excellent i thought it was even better than last season so yeah good good. um i've been i completed the story mode in dissidia uh dissidia nt for the playstation 4 it's a fighting game with all final fantasy characters so we're both we haven't talked about that since that came no, out. I, I mentioned we? it a little, some first impressions. It's completely different than the Dissidia games on the PlayStation Portable, which I put more than 200 hours into because I loved them. Right. It's rather than one on one Final Fantasy battle action, it's three on three, and it's a heavy emphasis on multiplayer. In fact, I'm almost exclusively like if you don't have a PS Plus subscription, don't buy Dissidia. I can almost completely recommend that. Because there's no yeah, there's just not uh, there's not a lot of story content. There's and the the interactions are so milk toast. They're just so blasé. Except for one scene in which Shantoto from Final Fantasy XI, who apparently is a powerful sorceress, but I never played Eleven, so I don't know. Shantoto gets in a argument with Ultimicia from Final Fantasy VIII, and they're both powerful sorceresses, and they kind of roast each other, and it's really funny and well written. And it's the only real but, strong flash of personality. But overall, yeah, no, not it, great. it's a great scene. So if you go on YouTube and look up Shantoto Ultimicia, and it'll be really funny. But other than that, it's kind of like, I don't know. Do I need to see Zidane making small talk with Tara and questionably flirting with her? No. I, that doesn't turn me on. I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. 
So, yeah, I don't know. It definitely not worth the full price. I should not have paid full price. That was dumb. And I got the digital deluxe edition, so I'll get six downloadable characters. But um, I'm just kind of done with it. I don't know. I I unlocked some stuff. I played it. it. It's a fighting game. I mean, there, there's only so much you can get with a fighting game unless you want to really get into the fighting community. Right. Other than Smash Brothers, you're looking at games like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Primal Rage. Wow, that really... You're yeah, not into it. Yeah. Primal Rage. You're right. Yep, that's... That's the pantheon. Yeah, yeah. So if you're That's, not com- those, those are the big three. If you're not serious about getting competitive with it, there, to me, there's there's like a wall I hit. So I'm kind I'm kind of over that and looking forward to starting Earthbound in terms of gaming, and then in terms of life stuff, uh, I broke my little toe. What's wrong? How did you do that? Literally, did you stub it real literally, hard. Literally, I was just like pacing in my living room while talking, like absentmindedly, just kind of walking around while talking to my wife. And I kicked the leg on my recliner, and then I went to hard, hard and then I went to WGN, did my radio show, and then I got back and I took off my boot, and the it was twice the size of my other toes and completely purple. <laughs> and so sure. tonight I had an ophthalmologist appointment anyway. So after that, oh the the foot doctor, yeah, that's how that works. So after I had my little eye appointment, I walked over with dilated pupils to the uh, the urgent care clinic on on the hospital's campus, and. Was just like, hey, I'm not on drugs. My eyes are dilated because they put drops in them. <laughs> That's why that happened. But my toe might be broken. And here we go. My what did I say? The I texted you guys this earlier. The my my. You said the distal the, phalange. The distal phalanx. My whole troop of the toe is fractured. So I get to buddy tape that and. So your defenses, your defenses are obviously defense, lower. Yeah, I'm debilitated. So there's that. I will be elevating it and icing it tomorrow. It, yeah, it's not it's not in a lot of yeah. pain, but I can't walk much. But who needs the little toe? Nobody needs the yeah. little toe. You think that. They could take that thing and you wouldn't even you notice. You think that. Also in the chat, Paul2Kid12 asks, do games need to turn you on? Yes, every I game. I did return my PlayStation 2 when I got it for Christmas to buy an Xbox, and I did buy a Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. So, and you... You played that game a Interpret lot. Interpret that how you will. You played that game a yeah. lot. Yeah. And uh yeah, let's let's figure out what game we're playing next time. How are we doing this? I don't know. It's a good question. So normally we roll a die because we don't have more than six games that uh that are nominated, but today we've got seven. So we're probably gonna have to go with a random number generator. Do you, have, you don't have an eight sided die? Uh you know I I probably do, but I don't know what game it, I'm going to be able to find it in. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. Look Hang at that. On. I'll be right Josh back. going to get the die. And uh, while he's gone, I am going to tell you what's coming up on the Gunna Geek Network. Big announcement coming from the Gunna Geek Network in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about a couple other podcasts on the network. You can find geeky podcasts like ours at gunnageek.com and this week on super geeky playdate episode 67 the top five villain monologues quote once they get out of the wonka vader they have to go into a boring office and just sign paperwork Derek stewart helps us on a super fun list so you can find that at Super Geeky Playdate on the Gunna Geek Network this week. And on All Things Good and Nerdy, episode 299, they're getting close to another real big round number. This is the final episode in the ramp up to 300. Really? They had to say that? I just said that. Willie shares the news on Elon Musk selling flamethrowers and equates him to a real-life supervillain. Sensing a lot of supervillain themes in the Gunna Geek Network this week. Anthony has the latest on the Invincible finale and the return of Hellboy. And finally, Chris recounts Black Panther's huge box office weekend and has some brief spoiler-free discussion on the movie, which I may check out because I don't want spoilers. Are you going to see Black Panther, John? I want. I really want to see it. It looks awesome, dude. I like. I didn't even see Spider Man because like you can only see so many Marvel movies. I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy two yet either. So you know, to me, a lot of them are kind of if somebody invites me, I'll go. But otherwise, I'm won't make an effort but damn if this movie the buzz my I god i know i, I kind of want to i i really want to see it. my wife and i both want to see it, and she never wants to see superhero movies casey so. hates superhero movies and she said oh the one that's everyone's talking about you won't say like she actually will see this movie with me it's it's insane i think it was the second highest grossing superhero movie ever at this point on its opening weekend unbelievable 210 million dollars or something like that i mean it was huge unbelievable 
Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited to see it. I, the hype is real. I mean, if if it's that good, it's it's that good. Um, yep, for sure. So uh, yeah, but and you can hear a so, lot of other shows on the Gunna Geek Network will be talking about that movie. I'm sure in the coming weeks. So stay tuned to the things like yeah, all things good and nerdy, the Gunna Geek podcast, and many other shows. And now the big reveal. And I'll, I'll say the Gunna Geek of the other announcement uh, once we determine our game. So. I have a 10-sided die because that is as good as I can get. All right. So there's going to be... It's going to end up being three numbers that we don't get to use. All right. right? So there's, there's, like, there's a good possibility of uh, of rolling again. So I think we should probably just go in order here, don't you? Yeah, With I wrote the, them down, so I'm a visual person. So number one will be Super Metroid. Two will be Super Mario World. Three will be Super Mario Kart. Four will be F-Zero. Five will be Donkey Kong Country. Six will be Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Seven will be Mega Man X. Eight will be John has to take his pants off. Nine has to be I have to put my pants on. And ten is a re-roll. What if you roll like nine twice? Well, you put on two pairs of pants. Crazier things have happened on this podcast. All right, we're going to uh, we're going to see what happens here. One. That's a one. It's a, That's a one? one. That's Super it's Metroid. It's a one. It's a one. It's Super Metroid, which that's pretty awesome. Oh my God! Yes. That could I Super Metroid is good enough where it could have been our finale. You and I both have a uh, we have a history and a a passion for Super Metroid. I think. Did you is, own the game? Oh yeah, I think yeah, your your copy is the one that I beat all the time because I never owned it. Really? Yeah. It must and it must have been then. I'm sure I borrowed it from everybody because I I definitely have beaten it tons of times. Super Super Metroid is. I'm pretty excited. I am. I'm pretty excited. This is going to be a good time. So excited! So that will be our episode a couple weeks from now. It'll be the first episode we release in March 2018. Holy crap! I get to wake up tomorrow and start Super Metroid now. Dude, that is freaking awesome. I am so excited. Um, that is awesome. And you can continue to follow us on Twitch at Twitch.com/slash/GameLifeBalance where I stream the first hour of each play session and try to explain these games of my childhood to my wife, Casey, who had some really funny things to say about Yoshi's Island. We forget, it, uh, one of the first levels, they do the, the, the drug thing. They do, that's touch fuzzy, get dizzy. <laughs> she loved that. It's one of the, it is one of the most iconic levels in the entire game. If you ask, I think if you ask most people, that have played that game before, like what level do you remember? They're going to tell you touch fuzzy, get dizzy. Yeah. And that's exactly what it sounds like. There's these fuzzy things. And if you touch it, it's like an LSD trip. It's such an LSD trip. And it's so fun. Um, also difficult, but, but fun. So yeah. Uh, so we'll see what she has to say about super Metroid. I, I, the, Oh God, there's everything about that game. Uh, I'm relieved. I'm relieved. Yeah. There are some, you just didn't want Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I didn't want Super Ghouls and Ghosts. <laughs> that when we when we finally do that one, I don't want that to be the last game that we do because that would be a real bummer to try to go out on that. But I I'm still like not ready for it, especially after Contra. Contra was only two games ago. So yeah, same. Oh well, we didn't say we would we'll enjoy get to it eventually. doing this, but but again, we're yeah, gonna try we'll to like pull a theme or a kind of overarching thing about about each game, and maybe have a little deeper discussion, even if it's not game specific. On just like you know, why do we enjoy the games we play? Why why are we doing this? Like why why do we do what we do? Because there are days when I wake up and I'm like, I could sell every video game system I have and never play a video game again and live a different life. And why haven't I? I don't know if you ever feel that way. No. Well, there you because go. all of my because all of my games are digital now, so I can't sell them. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good reason. Um, uh, quick and one quick thing announcement. Congratulations to Game Life Balance Australia for joining the Gunna Geek Network. That's pretty cool. That is very cool. Finally, cool. they are legally bound to do everything that we tell them to do. That's did they that know means. that when they signed up? You know, I they don't didn't, know. Did they? I don't know that they did. They are no longer allowed to podcast wearing pants. They AC usually didn't anyway, but now they are definitely not allowed to podcast wearing pants. Yeah. I mean, that's standard, standard protocol. Standard protocol for most podcasts. It's, it's, I'm just, I'm so excited to have them on. They are required to pay for thousands of dollars in Facebook advertising for our show every week. 
just this is this is great that you completely fleeced them. I'm I'm actually very impressed. Thank you, Paul Two K Twelve in the chat asks, "Why is everyone podcasting without pants?" Well, John, you tell him. The real question is, why are you podcasting with pants on? Mm-hmm. That's the real question. Mm-hmm. Is that is that not like the first thing that happens when you come home? You like take off your clothes. I'm not even kidding. The first thing that happens when I get home from work is I take off my clothes. I put more clothes on, but it is it is it is initially the first thing that happens. When I worked at a job where I wore business casual, that was the case. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, not so much anymore because I work at a startup where you wear you go great. I wear t-shirts to work. Okay, but are they graphic tees? Do they have fun stuff on them? I wear graphic tees sometimes, not too graphic. Okay, if you get if you get what you're saying, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, but yeah, again, congrats to the Game Life Balance Australia guys. Uh, I look forward to your lives of servitude. And uh, yeah, yeah thanks, guys. maybe we'll do some crossovers at some point if I am ever allowed to have an international call after the incident. That's probably the time for me to say thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Not to be confused with the Australian edition of the Game Life Which Balance. Which is now part of the Guna Geek Network. Yes. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode and leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Guna Geek Network at gunageek.com or on wgenradio.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. Yeah, and soon Game Life Balance Australia will just be a mirror to our website because the U.S. Oh, we can reroute that. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you guys should all go play Yoshi's Island. All of you, <laughs> all all one of you, two of you listening to the show, you should go play Yoshi's Island because it's a very, very that is a good video game. It's a it's a good it's a good it's a it's a good that it's is a good, good uh, video game. Yeah, did you use the uh, the rewind feature on it at all? Not not a single time. Yeah. Maybe I'll use that to get 100% on certain levels. Maybe. I'm I'm kind of incredible, is all I'm trying to say. Well, I'm on a Super Metroid save before every boss. I could not wait to revisit a game. Hype! <laughs>